from the mysterious Pacific Northwest, this is Normal Paranormal. On tonight's show, we'll be talking to Albert. Or as fans of the show know him, Fuzz Dolphin. We'll hear about things that go bump in the night. And things that go bump in the Florida PetSmart. It sure is a spooky one, so stay tuned. We are here with Albert tonight. Albert, how is it where you are? Oh, it is great. Uh, pretty warm outside, but you know, that's that's pretty typical of the Midwest right now. Oh yeah, the sticky summer evenings. Ugh, how hot is it? Oh gosh, I think recently it's only been in like the high 80s, low 90s. So <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with it. Uh, you know, being originally from Florida, it kind of makes the, the uh, summers around here not too bad. Yeah, you feel like you're on vacation, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, the heat still, you know, it still gets you. It's not really a vacation for me either without some water, but uh, lakes, <laughs> lakes freak me out, man. I'm, I'm not trying to get in lakes. Amber waves a grain, man. Hey, in uh, Florida, that's how you lose a toe going in a lake. So, <laughs> so Albert, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? What do you like to do? What do you do in your day to day? Yeah, so uh, my name's Albert. I grew up in Florida. Um, very proud of that fact. Uh, best state in the union. Don't care what anybody says. Uh, I play a lot of music. That's kind of been like a you know a recurring thing throughout my life. I've been in bands. And actually through that, um, my day job is involved in the music industry. I work for a boutique guitar accessories company. So it's a, it's a pretty nifty gig. I don't mind it. Yeah, so what do you do for your company? What's your, what's your role there? Uh, well, it's a smaller company, so I do a little bit of everything. You guys know how it is when you got mm-hmm. five oh, five people on a team. Um, but my specialization is really more in the marketing, advertising side of things. So run all of our social media. I make and run all of our ads. Um, and then within the day-to-day, uh, really anything that's customer-facing, I, I do a lot of that. I communicate a lot with the customers and, you know, that whole little bit of everything. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. Yeah, like I said, not a bad gig at all. I have definitely had worse jobs. Oh, me too. <laughs> What's your worst job? Ooh, uh, well, I worked at a CC's Pizza for three days once. Mm. Um, <laughs> how many mac and cheese pizzas did you eat? Ooh, uh, well, considering the fact that uh, I was a cook and that I was the only cook and they never taught me how to make the mac and cheese pizza, none. <laughs> So, which is a part of why I quit. It, it was a whole thing. Like, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I just could not handle CCs. It was too much for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they would do things like, you know, my first uh, 30 minutes into the job, they showed me how to make one pizza and then left me in the kitchen for 10 hours by myself um, <laughs> and screamed at me about how I was dumb for not knowing how to make the pizzas they didn't teach me how to make. Well, you should be able to intuit that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That I mean, that's basic. Everybody knows how to make a barbecue pizza, am I right? I mean, um, I do. But yeah, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, basically. Um the thing that really kind of uh, you know, broke the straw for me was just whenever um so in Florida, you're not allowed to make employees go and take the trash out after a certain time of night. Actually a really great law. 
Um, they should do that everywhere. Because, Is that for like alligators or? Uh, it's it's mainly the the criminals. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, al alligators alligators are definitely a concern at most times, <laughs> but but you know it's it's more so you're you know in Florida you're if you're going out to a dumpster at one a.m. you might get mugged. There's there's a good chance. Okay. Um. So anyway, they were uh, very illegally having people go out and um, take the trash out late at night, and I'm a very small man. I was in no position to uh, go out there when especially they told me right before, they said, oh yeah, sometimes there's just a dude with a gun or a knife out there. Just give him your wallet, it's fine. I was like, that's not fine. Nothing about that is fine. I'm not giving anyone my wallet for minimum wage here. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, that was my worst job I ever had. By a lot. <laughs> it sounds pretty terrible. Yeah. So that happened in Florida. Did the stories mm -hmm. that you're going to be sharing with us tonight also happen in Florida? Yeah, both of them happened in Florida, actually. Surprisingly, I haven't run into anything since I moved to the Midwest. Hmm, what does that tell you? That's interesting. Florida's real haunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, set the scene for us here. Let's get into some of these stories. Um, let's just start with one of them. Pick one. And uh, set the stage for us. What's going on? What happened? How Who's old involved? were you? Yeah, all that good stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so um, I guess I'll do them chronologically. I'll kind of start with the um, with the older story. So this was my childhood home that I grew up in. Um, I want to say that I was. I can never remember the exact ages, just because it was a it was a pretty intense thing that went on for a while. Um, but I want to say around six or seven or so, um, probably closer to seven. Um, I started to, so I used to always sleep with my door open. Um, and I would stay up late, you know, do the classic thing when you're a kid, stay up late, watch TV, whatever. Um, and I started noticing that first there looked like a little bit of a shadow poking around the corner of my door. You know, I kind of thought, whatever, this is probably just me imagining things. It's, it's, you know, just, that. Uh, and over time, it started to kind of peek around a little bit more and more until I saw what looked like the shape of a head peeking in. Uh, at that point, I start thinking, this is, this is a little strange, you know, and it's, it's just completely a silhouette, just a shadow. Um, it starts over the span of a year or so, kind of coming out more and more until eventually it used to just stand in the doorway. I don't know why as a kid I didn't think that this was scary. Um, I was like, oh, that's my, that's my friend, you know? He, he just chills, kind of watches over me, makes sure I'm good. Um, in the doorway so, of your you bedroom. Know, I'd, yeah, doorway of my bedroom every single night for years. So, you know, I never had any bad experiences with this, this particular one. Uh, it was, I guess I should probably describe what it looked like a little bit more. So just imagine a silhouette of a man probably somewhere six foot tall-ish, maybe a little, little above that. Um, but the really defining characteristic, which I actually spent some time looking into this later, and this is something that a lot of other people have seen, he always looked like he was kind of wearing a hat. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's like one of those, uh, you know, what you would have seen men wearing in the twenties, thirties, like that kind of hat. Wait, are you talking about Slenderman? That movie, that movie pass wants everybody to see? <laughs> no, it's not Slenderman. Sometimes, uh. I'm sorry. Please continue with your description. I obviously don't know what a Slenderman is because I've never seen that movie and I don't intend to. And I don't know if he wears a hat. 
He might. I don't know. Like, he kind of <laughs> seems like a guy that would wear a hat. But yeah, so, you know, the silhouette. And I never, the, I think the really key thing here is I never felt threatened. I never felt any kind of danger or anything for the whole duration of this. It might have been a little weird, but I never felt like something bad was going to happen. But one night, things were a little bit different. And this was the last time that I have ever seen this silhouette, which kind of makes it a little bit weirder. Um, so he did his whole thing where he stood in the doorway, but things kind of felt a little bit different from the start of the night. And it was one of those things where obviously there's a figure standing in my doorway. If I feel weird, I probably am not going to get up, walk toward it, and close the door. That just seems like a bad idea. So I, I figure, you know, I just got to wait this one out. Maybe this is the time where, you know, I grow up a little bit. I start sleeping with my door closed so, uh, so my little friend doesn't hang out out there. And probably a couple hours into the night, I start noticing what looks like other ones of them kind of peeking around my, uh, my door frame. And this starts getting really weird because I... You know, I never got the bad vibe from the singular one, but I'm getting a very, very bad feeling from the rest of them. They're all proportioned a little bit differently, a little, a little less human. A lot of them are kind of, you know, as they're filling out my, uh, my, my doorway, they're kind of hunched over. Some of them are, you know, weirdly like crawling um, is the best way that I can put it. Think like a... Like the ring or something. Yeah, yeah, like how they crawl in a weird way. Um, and at this point, I am just absolutely terrified. I'm like 10. You know, this is not something a 10-year-old should be dealing with. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, all of them, all at one moment, just all rush into the room. Uh, they're all moving in a, in a very strange way. Like they can kind of like float along the walls like a shadow. I realized that it's not just because they're in my doorway, I can't see them, you know, they're just silhouettes. They actually are just silhouettes, just shadows. Um, and they crawl, I, at the time I had a bunk bed without a bottom, and they all crawl onto, they crawl up on the ceiling over onto the bed until I have, you know, probably 15 of them, you know, all around on the ceiling on my bed just staring at me. At this point, I'm paralyzed. I can't move at all. I do not know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to come from this. And then all of a sudden, every single one of them just jump directly into me. What? And then that is the last thing I remember. I pass out. I woke up in the morning. And I kid you not, since that day, I, I have never been able to sleep with my door open. I, that makes sense. Like I permanently cannot sleep without my door closed <laughs> because mm. of that. Oh, my gosh. So you must have been terrified. Did you... Do you have siblings? Did you tell your parents what happened? Did you have you been keeping it a secret? Like, what happened after that? Um, it was one of those things where my parents aren't really, uh, you know, they don't really believe in a lot of the paranormal things. They probably would have just told me I was imagining it. Uh, my sister, kind of the same thing. I have one older sister, and I just kind of figured I, you know, this wasn't really something that I I needed to share, even though I guess it affected them because they all lived in the house too. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably should have looking back on it, but uh, but yeah, I actually to this day still have not told a single member of my family the story. Only friends. Wow. Hmm. And you said none. Of, this hasn't happened since you were ten ish years old. Yeah, yeah. It was it was some somewhere around then. Oh, well, what was the rest of your childhood like? Like, were you imaginative? Like, was this a kind of thing that you, I don't know, experienced in more positive ways and other aspects of your play and your life? I mean, as a kid, I was always 
pretty imaginative. Um, like I would, uh, you know, I was one of the kids who had, uh, you know, like 10, 15, like imaginary brothers that I had. Although actually this might be a story for another podcast, but apparently my story behind my, uh, imaginary brothers was really creepy. My parents told me later, but, um, <laughs> apparently I told them all that they died in a fire and now they were my friends and it really scared my parents. <laughs> um, what? wait, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. Tell us that again. Yeah, let's go through that story a little bit, actually. I, I guess I, we might as well go into this one since we're here. So this this happens way before then. This is probably when I'm, you know, two to four. Uh, I had all kinds of imaginary friends. And, you know, I had, I had a bunch of different brothers that I don't remember exactly uh, what it was like whenever, you know, they were around if... If I actually imagined them, or who knows if this was, at, you know, something a little bit different. But when my parents asked me one day where all of my brothers came from, like they were like, "Oh, like you know, like why are they your friends? Like why can't we see them?" I was like, "Oh, they all died in a fire, and only I can see them now." What did What did they say to you? Uh, they just said, "I'm like I said, my parents don't believe in a lot of this kind of stuff, so they were just like, that's nice." And then they uh, told me the story like 10 years later. So. <laughs> My suspicion is they do believe and that really freaked them out and they didn't want to ask you because that would have been way too freaky, like the next thing that came out of your mouth. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> if I had a kid and they started doing that, I would be absolutely terrified. I'd be like, okay, time for us to buy a new house, maybe move to a new city. <laughs> this isn't okay anymore. Well, and how do you feel now having these... I mean, do you feel like you have these shadow people inside of you? Like, have you did did your did your attitude change? Did your like you know body language change? Did how you approach you know thinking change? Like, or was it just like uh, all of a sudden this happened? You pass out. You wake up the next day. Wow, that was scary. I'm not gonna sleep with my door open anymore. And then it's done. Or you know, well, that's the really interesting thing, and that's something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about over the years. Because if you look at it chronologically. Um, my childhood kind of went downhill for a little while after that. It was, you know, from that point onward, and I, I don't know if this is truly a symptom of that or if this is just me going through, you know, young kid angst. Sure. But after that, I was a lot angrier. Um, I was a lot more sad. Um, you know, I had the, the few problems that I had growing up were around that time after that. So maybe it's correlated and I've... I mean, I've worried before in my life. I'm like, what if I have these things in me still? Like, uh, I don't know what to do about that, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I'm wondering, like, if you, um, how often do you think about it? Like, is it something that you think about every once in a while occasionally? Does it come up or, or all the time? When I was younger, it was a really, really common thing for me to think about. Um, and like I said, I don't know if that was me trying to attribute my feelings to something else. Um, but, you know, recently it's kind of one of those things where I'll think about it, I don't know, five or six times a year. Like every once in a while I'll be like, oh, or, you know, if, I, um, if I'm at home and it's late at night and I'm about to go to bed and I don't close my door all the way and it kind of opens a little bit. Then I always remember then and I'm like, all right, I got to fix that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you done any research into other folks that may have experienced yeah, this sort of thing? you talked about it being a thing you heard online that other people had seen this person in the hat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after that, I kind of spent a little bit of time researching things. 
Um, at the time, it was when, uh, if you're familiar with, it was an old PlayStation game, Kingdom Hearts. Um, mm-hmm. It was when that was out. And these things really resembled the little like Heartless guys. So that was kind of, you know, being 10, I was like, real life Heartless from Kingdom Hearts. And after a little bit of digging, I found a little bit more information on them. It's been a couple years since I've really looked into it. So uh, take anything I say with a grain of salt. But sure, um, sure. yeah, they're, uh, they're referred to as shadow people. Um, there are, are a lot of different thoughts about where they come from. People kind of don't really have a general idea. And the one in particular that stood in my doorway, the shape of a man with a hat, is actually probably the most commonly seen one of those. And there are kind of back and forth, from what I remember, um, you know, kind of encounters with him. Like some people, like me, didn't feel anything, and other people felt instantly threatened. Uh, I know that I, I know that people have. Uh, there's like a theory that they have something to do with when you're in sleep paralysis, they're around you. So yeah, it, I mean, it's it is. If you you know, if you're wanting to spend the time into looking up a specific type of paranormal creature, I mean, shadow people are like fascinating. There's a lot mm. of information out there about them. Mm. And what you said about sleep paralysis rings true because it's you said you were instantly paralyzed, and and that sounded familiar to me because I've had experiences like that before with sleep paralysis, where you wake up and you're like can totally see everything that's happening in the rest of the room, but like you can't move your body. It's so scary. Yeah, and honestly, I've also experienced since then um, regular sleep paralysis. It was the exact same feeling, like mm-hmm. to a T, which really didn't help the fact that there were a bunch of shadowy figures standing over me. That made it already terrible sleep paralysis a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. With this memory lingering too, like, you know, added on the fact that you feel vulnerable in the state of sleep paralysis, like this memory that you have of something actually traumatic happening while you were, oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Though the couple of times that I have, you know, had a had a light uh, sleep paralysis experience, that's always the first thing that my mind goes to. I'm like, oh, am I going to see my buddy in the hat again? I really hope not. It's been a couple years, and he might not recognize me. So, wow, that's that's a really cool story. Uh, I know it's also probably pretty terrifying, but I know. Sorry for making you like talk about it again. Oh, you guys are totally good. It's interesting because you know. I think of shadow people as one of the, they're not like in the big three, right? Like they're not Bigfoot. They're not (laughs) aliens. They're not even really ghosts, I guess. Right. Like it's this, it's this weird sort of offshoot in that category, Um, but it's not super common. And so it's always intriguing to hear stories um, that are so unique. Um, And and I'm definitely going to be doing a little bit of research into this now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of scared too. So like only share the funny parts with me. Okay, I'll make sure not to do it at like 12.30 in bed on my computer. <laughs> oh yeah, if you don't want the scary parts, you are going to really hate my next story. So that one, I, to me, was even worse than this one. So Okay. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Like, this happened later in your life. Mm-hmm. You said you were telling these chronologically. How old were you? What happened? Where were you at? Um, at this time, I was probably about 18 uh, this was my first job after CeCe's Pizza. <laughs> I worked at a uh, PetSmart as a cashier for about two years. Big upgrade. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I went from uh, getting screamed at about how I don't know how to uh, make pizzas to occasionally picking up shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, th- you know, 
PetSmart was, it was a fun time. It was, you know, I got to meet a lot of people. Um, I got to spend a bunch of time with dogs and cats. I, I love animals. Uh, but this was the only bad experience that I had in my entire time working there. So there were two people that walk in one day. This was like a normal, I think it was like a Friday or a Saturday. Um, you know, nothing out of the blue with the weather or anything else that was going on. But the second that these two people walk in the door, I instantly kind of feel like something seems a little bit off about them. Like their proportions, it, it's one of those things where I know that there's a very wide range of how people look, but this was kind of well beyond what would fit within that, you know, 95 percentile of people. Um, like incredibly long necks, small heads, um, very elongated arms and legs, very, very, very skinny, very al almost like gaunt feeling. Just it kind of felt like if you had a person or if you had an alien come down for like, I don't know, a couple days and then told them, hey, describe what humans look like. You know, like a bad, <laughs> somebody's bad description of what a person is supposed to look like. Which is kind of why I was a little bit alarmed right off the bat. You know, not, not like, judging people or anything, but just something seemed really off. And the weirdest part about it was nobody else around me seemed even remotely phased. So I'm already starting to feel a little bit strange about this. I'm like, why am I feeling weird about these people? Nobody else is. Um, so, you know, I kind of forget about it. They're walking around the store. Uh, this is probably five, 10 minutes later. They come out into the center aisle where I can see them and start talking to each other. And here's where it gets terrifying. So every time they open their mouths, it's not a person talking. When the woman is speaking, we're getting like really high pitched. Think like very, uh, very bird-esque, like squawking. Um, like what, whatever you would imagine like, uh, like a harpy would sound like. You know, that like screaming, kind of like bird-like squawking kind of thing. And then the man, every time he speaks, it's a low, deep uh, like guttural kind of sound. And I instantly go white as soon as I hear this. I'm thinking, you know, oh, surely these people are just messing with me because they're, you know, they're like, oh, there's the judgmental kid up front that thinks we look weird. Let's mess with him. But where it gets really interesting, I turn white. I'm around a bunch of people. You know, there's a cashier to my right. There's like a manager behind me. And I ask them, do you guys hear that? They don't hear anything. They're like, what like it just sounds like the store in here nothing i specifically all. point out those two yeah nothing at all well when i ask, when i point out those two people in particular they're like oh like we hear like a normal conversation like what did they say something weird like did they say something alarming like was there something threatening that they did and at that at this point i mean i'm just terrified because i'm like why can i hear these people mm -hmm. differently than everybody else why am i experiencing this the way that i am um, and then, you know, in my moments of just kind of staring at them super white face after asking everybody, they both turn, make eye contact with me, and then their voices snap back to normal. Hmm. At this point, I'm like, okay. Did they speak to yeah, you? Yeah, what do you mean by back to normal? Like they, they just sounded like regular people talking from that point. It was like as soon as they realized I mm -hmm. noticed them, they went from their, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, like demonic sounding uh, conversation that they were having to just, you know, normal, just like we're having right now. Like I could hear just faintly people talking in the distance. Like actual words and not squawking or guttural noises. Yeah, like act, just regular English in like pretty standard human voices. Huh. 
So what happened after that? Did they leave? Did they run off in a hurry? How did it go down? They disappear. <laughs> I wish they disappeared, honestly, after that. Um, so I'm absolutely terrified at this point because I'm like, I just saw some demons and they know I just saw them, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to get killed in the parking lot after this or something. So they walk around the store for a while after that. When they get to my line, all that they have are, it's like they have a bag of dog food. They have um, like one of those weird spiked collars that, you know, the ones that uh, if you like pull on a dog, it digs into their neck. Not a fan of those, mm -hmm. um, but they had like one or two of those in there. And they kind and as they were going through my line, they just eyed me really weird. Um, it made it made me really uncomfortable, like the the things that they were buying, the way that they went about it, um, and just knowing what I knew, I very much got the got the feeling that you know they plan to use those for uh, something a little bit sinister. Like what? Yeah, what were they for? Uh, well, at the time, I thought that they were going to wait outside for me by my car and then put me in the chain collar. Oh my god, <laughs> um, terrifying! Like they were, they were like. Sending you a message. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, they they eyed me really weird. Like, just the the conversation with them just was was strange. Like, I could tell that they were purposely from that point onward trying to make me uncomfortable with everything that they did. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the funniest part about it is, you know, they they end up leaving. Um, I have somebody walk me to my car when I leave, and I have never seen anything like that ever again. Thank God. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, after after that experience, I am fully convinced that they were some kind of demonic entity that kind of had a lapse in their disguise, I guess, for a better way to put it. And for some reason, I could see through their disguises. I don't know if that's because I've had multiple experiences in my life with, you know, my, uh, my dead imaginary brothers and the shadow people. Mm -hmm. You know, may maybe I have something where I can see things a little bit easier than other people or maybe they lowered it on purpose to see if any I, I don't know the you know the reasoning behind it but I truly believe that it was something not of this world with bad intentions that was trying to hide itself as a normal human being hmm. well it's funny because like as you were telling the story you ever watched Doctor Who I have not actually oh my gosh it, you should it's fantastic because in like almost every episode, we end up in this weird situation that's like kind of pedestrian, like the fluorescent lights in a pet smart, you know, like kind of like dingy mm -hmm. and people are just there buying dog food or whatever. And there are, there are some kind of aliens like hiding out that need to be like taken off of Earth. And the doctor comes and like works his magic. And so like as you were telling the story, I was like setting that scene in my mind like oh yeah, it's those aliens that are disguised as people and like someone has to come in and figure out what's going on and why and make sure that it doesn't go downhill from there. And that was you in this story. You were Peter Capaldi. <laughs> I mean, I will take that as a compliment even if I don't know who that is. I've actually never thought about it that way before though. I've always thought more on the demonic side rather than the potentially like, you know, I said otherworldly, but I kind of just meant more so like not on this plane, not not of this world. Mm. Um, but I mean, I don't see a reason why it, it couldn't have been something not from this world. Although I feel like they probably would have like taken me if they were not from this world. <laughs> They'd be like, this guy knows we need to get him out of here, you know? Also, what a perfect place to go if you're speaking in a language that sounds like an animal and is not human. A pet 
next door. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Maybe they were just yearning for their mother tongue and they're like, we need to go in this store where there are animals noises that will cover up our noises and no one will know the difference. Yeah, seriously. Or maybe they thought one of us would be able to hear them because we listen to the animal noises all day. What were they trying to communicate then? If like the goal was for them somebody to hear it, maybe you have a message like buried deep inside of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, demons need dog food too, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. From uh, from my perspective, I don't really think that there was an underlying message to it. I think it was more so, you know, things just trying to exist. Like I I fully 100% believe that they did not really intend for me to hear them, which is why they reacted the way they did when they when we kind of like made eye contact like that. Yeah. You know, from that point onward, it was different. They their I, their proportions still seemed off to me, but you know, there was no more of the of the freaky uh, voices or anything like that. So I think it was just them existing in our world and then unintentionally having somebody kind of find them out. Mm-hmm. Like the, you see through the screen, you know? And here's, I'm yeah. imagining them bald. Did they have hair? Um, The man didn't really have hair. He seemed kind of balding. The woman had hair. It was like a long, kind of very stringy um, blonde. Yeah, I was imagining like these bald, really long-necked, aliens in trench coats with sunglasses. So I just wanted to get a more clear picture of what it was that you saw, which is why I asked. Maybe they were actors and they were like running lines and there was like a, you know, the new season, or I guess the original season of Charmed was probably filming at that time. So (laughs) yeah, I, I I don't know about that one because I feel like the other people in my store might have realized that they were uh, that they were acting with the voices. The voices are the thing because I think had I not heard that, I would have been like, "Oh, this is just me imagining it," or "This is just I misheard something." But the fact that I heard that and I heard them talking like that, not just for a second, but for a couple minutes, that was the point where I was like, "This is you know not just something weird happening. These are not people." They don't sound like it, and you've had multiple encounters like this. You've had like. Those three separate stories that you've told us, I wonder if they're like, you know, once you got to thinking about it, if you even had a few more, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm wondering like if you can think of any reason why you said, oh, maybe it's because I've had experiences or seen things like this before. Maybe I just, I can see it in a different way than other people. Why you? Why? Is there anything about yourself that you think might be the key to unlocking that? Yeah. uh, Well, when I was younger, I was like around the time that uh, the incident in the PetSmart happened, I was pretty religious at the time. And that kind of led me to believe like, oh, maybe it's because, you know, I don't know, like I'm some acting body of God more than somebody else in the um, Mm. in this PetSmart, you know. (laughs) Um, And that's why they kind of, you know, they their guard got a little lowered around me and I was able to see through it. Uh, I don't really think that that's the case now. Um, honestly, I, I can't really attribute it to much of anything. You know, I, I just kind of think that I have been, uh, both fortunate and unfortunate, um, in having these experiences. And I'm kind of in a weird space where I'm like, I almost wish more things would happen just because I love, you know, I, I love a good story. And I think it would be really cool to, at the end of my life, have a long list of things that I've seen. But at the same time, I don't really ever want to have 
at least those uh, those last two experiences ever again. So it's 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 a tough line to walk. Of you know, do I wish more things happen, or were these three enough? So would you say then that you are on the side of belief at this point in your life? It seems like early on, you know, you had so many experiences, you had these natural inclinations to like, you know, I have these, you know, friends of mine, you know, that don't actually exist, at least in a way that other people can can see. Um, so it seems like you're pretty bought in as a kid um, to, to extra normal things. Um, would you say that you, that you are a believer now? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that I can, I can understate enough how much I am a believer now. Um, I kind of had a phase between when I had my imaginary friends and when I had the experience with the shadow people where I didn't really know, it wasn't really something that I thought a lot about, but if I did think about it, I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're real, maybe they're not. I didn't really chalk up my imaginary friends to anything because I hardly remembered them and my parents didn't tell me uh, how graphic their backstory was until I was older. So... um, so, you know, then I wasn't really super sure, but the, I would say that probably a couple months into seeing that shadow person and once they kind of got more in the doorway, I started being a believer and I haven't stopped believing since then. It's interesting that you went through those, those, those phases and that now, now you, you know, say that you're so, like, I believe so much you wouldn't even imagine or whatever. That's, that's a bold statement. Um, how would you say that belief has affected the rest of your life? Man, uh, I'm a lot more afraid of the dark than I think I would have been. You know, it's one of those things where I could be in, you know, uh, the safest house in a gated community in the safest part of a town. And if I'm going out at 1 or 2 a.m., you know, there's nobody else in the house. I'm going to the kitchen to get something. I'm probably going to run or power walk back to my room, honestly, (laughs) just because I'm not really wanting to deal with that kind of experience again. Um, at least on the side of the shadow people. With the PetSmart story, that one's a lot more interesting because they were so obvious, so in my face, that, you know, it didn't really make me think, you know, oh, you know, should I be more observant or anything? It was more so like just a regular fear that maybe I would run into that again um, from time to time. That kind of springs up about the same as the shadow people, you know, one, you know, five or six times a year where I'll think like, oh shit, that was terrifying. I hope that doesn't happen again. (laughs) And thankfully it hasn't in a long time. So. Do you feel like you, I don't know. It seems like you were really trusting your gut on that one. Do you, do you think that's just sort of true of the situation? I don't know. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. That is super true. Um, you know, uh, that was kind of from right when I saw them. I knew something was a little bit off. But also you never know. Like we have these neighbors that are always standing outside our house, like right as it's getting dark, like this older man and these two older women. And like sometimes I'd be driving up to park my car on the street and they'd just be standing there. And I'm like, what are they doing outside of our house like every night? And I made a lot of assumptions about what they could have been doing, you know? We've lived here a year now. Saw them outside of our house what, two nights ago? Finally met them for the first time. And I saw like this cat sitting in the street. And I was like, oh my God, is that your cat? It's just sitting in the street. And they're like, yep. We walk them about this time every night. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I don't know. I'm not trying to say trust your gut. Cause like, 
I like to think that I'm a very intuitive person and trust my gut. And like on that count, I was totally wrong, right? Those dangerous catwalkers. <laughs> They're the worst. Um, I will say though that I haven't in my life, um, you know, up to that point or since then felt that same exact feeling. Like I've kind of felt like, you know, oh, this person seems a little bit off or this person, you know, whatever. But I haven't felt it in the same way, you know. it. I don't know if it was just a deeper feeling, if it was more so like a scared feeling rather than a, rather than a you know, being unsure feeling. But whatever it was, it was different. And it was something that I, like I said, I haven't felt since. I never felt before it. And I probably should hope I never feel again. Yeah. <laughs> I have the hope for you too. Me too. Unless you want it. Then I hope you experience it again. <laughs> but feeling ever changes and my feelings also change. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hoping that uh, my next experience is a, is a little less on the on the paranormal side and a little bit more, you know, maybe something like a, like a Bigfoot or a Loch Ness Monster. I think that would be, that'd be a little bit more fun this go around. I hope I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Maybe. <laughs> well, Albert, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, this has been a really great chat. We've really enjoyed hearing your story, learning about you. I hope that you have or don't have whatever experiences that you, uh, you know, want or don't want to encounter in the future. It's been great having you on. All our best toward the rest of your life. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Albert is so cool. That little fuzz dolphin. Oh, I just can't get over how good of a storyteller he is and how open he was with us about the things he experienced and the things he doesn't understand about it. And all of his fucking terrible jobs. Florida, man, it is freaky. But if Albert loves it, I guess it can't be all bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't imagine being a parent and my kid coming to me saying that they have some friends that I can't see that died in a fire. Oh my God, I would freak out. But it's like it didn't phase him at all when he was a kid. It was just something he encountered. And the first several encounters with the shadow people, they, those were just average experiences that didn't upset him. And they're just part of his life. Mm. But later on, those additional ones by PetSmart times, he was really afraid of what was happening to him. And the experiences seemed more threatening and less run of the mill. Mm. So I'm just, I'm wondering what changed and if we'll ever know. But there was definitely a turn that happened. Yeah. And honestly, that kind of leads into probably the biggest thing I took from this conversation, which isn't really anything paranormal, but I mean, it's corny, but it's something more human you know, about how the culture that we're in sort of gives us ideas on how to interpret our experiences. Mm -hmm. Totally. I believe that. And as well, I was thinking just about our age, um, that maybe as the older we get, the more solidified we get in our ideas about who we are and we know who we're not. Yeah. I mean, I guess like Albert said in that last story, he even caught himself wondering if he was just being, you know, a judgmental mm -hmm. person in this scenario. He was he was asking himself if his biases were clouding that judgment. Because no one else in the PetSmart saw what he saw or thought it was weird. Yeah, and like he said, you know, he was he was a religious person at that time in his life and his thoughts went straight to demons. You know, like like in the last episode where we talked about how places could potentially influence our thoughts on what we experience, maybe this religiousness at that point in his life actually impacted the category that he put this whole experience into. Nevertheless, it sounds really terrifying. Totally scary. <laughs> and I think too, it's like not only that 
places or whatever help us cast judgment on situations. But it is so easy to start with the worst case scenario. It's so easy to say demons. Or like in my story, it was so easy for me to think drug dealers. But when we really dig deep, what do we find? Eh, Sometimes we might find demons, sure. But sometimes we just find people who are outside our door walking their cats. And I don't want to sound like you know, I don't believe that this happened. Oh, I, I believe it. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, and it's really interesting how people can even experience paranormal events differently. Like when you heard the story, for example, you thought aliens. You know, he thought demons. You know, and, and those sorts of differences actually make stories like the shadow people even more creepy. That's a shared phenomenon experienced around the globe by tons and tons and tons of people. You know, the exact same thing. Yes. Like with a personal experience, a purely personal experience, you could rationalize it or explain away what you saw. But with something like that, it's not so easy. For instance, like I wouldn't want to go into a haunted house, see something terrifying, tell a friend about it and have them say like, oh yeah, I saw that too. No, I would rather just doubt myself and then move on with my life. Which is, hmm. I guess, I don't know, kind of fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that like being human? You know, avoiding the things that scare us? Okay, I'm great at avoiding. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I'd love to hear from our listeners about that. So for our listeners out there, have you ever had your fears confirmed? Tweet us at NPN Podcast and let us know with the hashtag RealWeird. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, make sure to subscribe to our weekly show on your favorite podcast purveyor, or at our website, npnpodcast.com. We will see you next time. Normal Paranormal is a Super Secret Club production. Our theme music is by the Envy Corps.